Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel record of Mark. The Gospel record of Mark and chapter number 10. The Gospel record of Mark and chapter number 10. We've been walking with Jesus Christ on His earthly ministry, going through the Gospel record of Mark, recognizing that the Gospel record of Mark shows Jesus Christ as the man of action, the perfect servant, and it shows Jesus going from one thing to another. Now, Jesus Christ has been telling His disciples for a while that He is heading to Jerusalem and the things that are going to befall them there. And now they're on the road. They're on the path. They are getting closer. And as they're getting there, we run into a pit stop that God stops and marks. Now remember that inside of the Word of God, inside of the Gospel records, there are only a few miracles that are recorded. The Bible says that if they recorded all of the miracles that Jesus did in His earthly ministry, that we wouldn't be able to contain all of them. And so whenever God has chosen by the inspiration of His Holy Spirit to highlight a miracle, that means that there's something important that God is trying to get across. There is something that God is trying to highlight through that miracle. And so with that backdrop, understanding that we're going to see a miracle, I've already spoiled it for you, and understanding that there is a purpose of why God pointed out a miracle, let's take some time to see if we could find for ourselves what God is highlighting through the miracle that we're going to find in the gospel record of Mark in chapter number 10. The gospel record of Mark chapter 10, and let's pick it up together starting at verse 46. The gospel record of Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. Notice what the Bible says. And they came to Jericho And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat down by the highway side begging. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more, a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And David stood, or Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man (coughs) said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that was cried twice to Jesus Christ in verse number 46 or 47 and verse 48? Notice the phrase, have mercy on me. Have mercy 
on me. And with the Lord's help, we're going to highlight what blind Bartimaeus was praying unto Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me. Let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And I thank you for these good folks. And I do not take it for granted the drive that it took to get them here. For the coming out on a Wednesday afternoon in a gorgeous day like this. And yet they came to honor you and to receive something from your word. And I'm asking that you wouldn't let them down, but you would speak to them. You would give them exactly what they need. That you would give them the help that they need. And that you would show them that you're a God who's available. What a great God that you are. And I'm so thankful that you are plenteous in mercy. That you're wondrous with your grace. And that we could call upon you. I'm just asking that you would help it to be simple. That you would help it to be easy. That you would help it to be understood. And that you would help it so it could be applied. Again, fill me with your precious spirit. Fill my cup, Lord. That you may speak to your own folks today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I mentioned before, Jesus Christ is now on his way to Jerusalem. And if you remember that in between um, <coughs> Judea and Galilee, where Jesus had his headquarters set up, there was a land called Samaria. And it was out of habit that the Israelite people had avoided Samaria so much that they would cross the Jordan River and go all the way around and cross the Jordan River again. And so now here they are. They have come from Galilee. Jesus is preparing to go to Jerusalem. And they go through the... the um, <laughs> the Jordan River, and they enter into the city of Jericho. Jericho is about 30 miles outside of Jerusalem. And it is in this pit stop, 30 miles on the way to Jerusalem, where Jesus Christ is going to go ahead and make his triumphant entry, where he is going to be put on a false trial, where he's going to be sentenced to death, crucified, and rise again. On the way there, God has this pit stop prepared for Jesus Christ to teach us something. And so if you don't mind, we're going to put our attention on blind Bartimaeus here and see what the Lord is teaching us through this encounter with Jesus Christ. The first thing I'd like to bring your attention to is the blind man's faith. The blind man's faith. Notice with me in verse number 46. And they, that's Jesus and his disciples, came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. So here's blind Bartimaeus. Here is someone who's been blind all of his life. And he, because of that, he hasn't been able to hold up a job because of his disability. He hasn't been able to do much. And he is dependent upon the charity of others. And so normally what he would do is he would be outside of Jericho. And as people would be passing through Jericho, heading to Jerusalem, he would hope to try to get some coin from someone. Well, what a great day this is that there's a big crowd that's passing through and they're following after Jesus and he sits by the highway with the idea that maybe today's going to be a good day. Maybe it's a day 
Today is going to be a day where lots of people have the opportunity to drop some coin and feel sorry for me as he walked by the way. And so he's sitting by the highway. You might imagine him in his cloaks all cross-legged, an old man with a scraggly beard, blind eyes, and just saying, alms for the poor, alms for the poor, and sitting out and begging and asking for people to, uh, to give. Of course, him being blind, his senses would be heightened and he could hear the unusual amount of people. But it was in that hearing he heard a name. He heard that Jesus of Nazareth was here. And verse number 47, and when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, here we could see something about the blind man's faith. Many of you know that I have a specialty study of the names of God. To study the names of God are an important study. They reveal so much about God and the name that is used for God in each circumstance. Notice his blind Bartimaeus is there. He's sitting on the side of the road. The crowd is coming and he hears a name. Jesus of Nazareth. Now, whenever the name Jesus of Nazareth is used, it is, uh, what it's doing is, uh, excuse me, emphasizing his humanity. That here is Jesus from a town of Nazareth. Here is Jesus, the lowly servant. And so he heard that it's Jesus of Nazareth, the one that came from Nazareth, the teacher. He is coming. But you know that blind Bartimaeus understood a truth? And there's one thing he did not need is he didn't need a human to fix him. Notice the name of God that he uses. He heard it's Jesus of Nazareth, but the what he cried out for was Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You notice the name of God here? It is the son of David. Now why is this such a big deal? Because we know that David had been passed on about a thousand years beforehand. Jesus was not the actual son of David, but Jesus was the descendant of David. Now why is this a big deal? Because God had made a promise in his Bible to David that his Messiah, the king that would sit upon the throne, the son of God would come through the lineage of David. And so when he's calling, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He's not calling upon the humanity part of Jesus. He's calling upon the Jesus, the Messiah. He's calling upon the one that was the fulfillment of prophecy. The anointed one that God promised to come. That is the one that he's looking to heal him. That is the one he's trying to get his attention from. Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. You say, why in the world is preacher yelling so much today? Well, remember, there's a crowd here. We know that Jesus has attracted crowds. We've already seen that there was a feeding of 5,000 men. That wasn't counting women or children. We know there was a feeding of 4,000 men, not counting women and children. We don't know how many is there, but there's a crowd also marked with that, that blind Bartimaeus is blind. It's not that he could see Jesus. All he could sense is a thousand plus people that are coming from Jericho and heading to Jerusalem. 
And he doesn't know who is who. But he does know one thing. He needs to get Jesus' attention. And he is not going to get Jesus' attention by saying, Jesus, hey. Because there's a crowd. Now, you say, well, can a crowd be that loud? Go to a high school and you could get a class of seven and they'll be so loud that you can't even hear them. You get them in a lunchroom and you can't hear a thing. And you hear teachers trying to talk and the, te- the students don't hear at all. They're loud. You get them outside and now they're using their outdoor voice. And people are having a normal conversation and they're not whispering. And so you have a crowd of people and a blind man who doesn't know where Jesus is at in a crowd of thousands. And the only thing he can do was cry out to God, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. You said that's annoying. Well, yeah, it was annoying them too. Notice what they did in verse number 48. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. That's a nice Bible way of saying that people told him to shut up. I can't hear. Jesus is trying to teach over there. Stop yelling. Be quiet. This isn't for you. But blind Bartimaeus by his faith, understood he needed to get to Jesus. This was his only chance to get to Jesus. This was his only time to get Jesus' attention. And he needed Jesus' attention now. It wasn't a thing that he could wait in line. It wasn't an idea that perhaps Jesus might happen to fall on him. He needed to get a hold of Jesus now. In the midst of the crowd. In the midst of everything. Jesus! Thou son of David! Have mercy on me! Notice when they told him to be quiet, verse 48, and he, many charged him. That means there's a lot of them that told him to be quiet. Just not one or two. Why are you yelling? You're making a fool of yourself. That's not how we do things here. Don't you understand? You're disturbing the service. And he's, but you know what he did? But he cried the more a great deal. The idea of more is he did it more. A great deal means he yelled louder and more. Jesus! Jesus! He's yelling. He's making a spectacle. He's trying to get a hold of Jesus. Jesus! I need you! Have mercy on me! Everyone's giving him stares and looking at him crazy. And Why are you making a fool of yourself? And they're just staring at him. But we see not only the blind man's faith, but we see that the blind man was heard. The blind man was heard. Notice what happens in verse 49. And Jesus stood still. So again, remember, Jesus has this big crowd that's around him. And he's teaching as he's walking on the way. And he, there's this voice, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. And when he stopped, the crowd stopped. What's going on? Notice what Jesus did. 
and he commanded him to be called. Hey, that guy who's yelling at me, bring him here. Come here. You got my attention now. And they called the blind man saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. So the same people just a couple minutes ago were saying, be quiet. They're like, Jesus wants you now. Jesus wants you. Now again, I want you to remind, this is a blind guy. In the midst of a crowd, and now the crowd's telling him, come on, Jesus wants to see you. Okay? What a great idea that Jesus heard him in the midst of this crowd. In the midst of everything, Jesus heard him. And so he calls to him. The people are saying, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he casting his garment. Now this is kind of a big deal. Uh, a lot of the homeless people, poor people would have a garment that they could sleep outside. You say, but it's a desert. Yes, but in the desert, there's a 30 to 40 degree drop at night. And so even though it's 110 during the day, 120, when it drops down to 80, that's pretty chilly when you're that quick of a drop. And so many of them would have a heavy kind of cloak around him that he would use to protect him at night. And because he's blind, he wants to keep it around. But when Jesus said, said, come here, he put it aside so that way it wouldn't be in his way. He cast it aside and he went to Jesus. He came to him. So we start with the blind man's faith, calling unto Jesus. Then we come to the idea that he was heard. The blind man was heard. But then we see the blind man's sight. Notice with me in verse 51. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will thou that I should do unto thee? He, Jesus asked him a direct question. What do you want? It's amazing. There's a lot, many people who come to Jesus for the wrong reasons. There are many people who come to Jesus and don't even know what they want. But I'm so glad that we have a Savior who knows, who could work. You know, sometimes people will say, preacher, can you pray for me? And they give me their prayer request in my mind. I'm going, that's no way that's God's will. And so they say, can you pray for me? Yeah, I could pray for you. Sometimes if they're <laughs> asking for something, I could pray for God's will on the matter. Listening to some of them. But here's someone who said, I know what I need. I'm going straight to Jesus. I'm giving this thing. He says, what will... Wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Now, at this time, this is a big deal because in the Old Testament, blindness was never healed. There was no one in the Old Testament whose blindness was cured, meaning that they were blind from birth. A lot of people believe that that was one thing that could not be healed. Sure, someone can be raised from the dead, but you can't heal someone's blindness. There was other miracles done in the Old Testament. But blindness was not one of those things that was fixed. But it was something that Jesus can take care of. Jesus who created the body and understood how sight worked. The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. Jesus compliments the man's faith. This man who was willing to cry out to Jesus. This man who needed, know, knew that he needed to get to Jesus. He was made whole and immediately he received his sight. But notice this, and followed Jesus 
in the way. So here's blind Bartimaeus. He gave up everything and followed Jesus because of what he did. Now you say, what do we get from here? What's the highlight here? Well, there's a couple of things that we want to emphasize concerning prayer. One thing that we want to understand concerning prayer is that God hears you even in the midst of a crowd. That God hears you even in the midst of the crowd. You know, sometimes people will give an objection about why they don't pray. And they said, why, how can God hear me when there's 7 million people in the world and a lot of them are crying out to Jesus? I'm just one person who's praying. Why would Jesus hear me? Why would he take my attention? Isn't he too busy? Sometimes I'll have uh, someone say, well, you don't need to pray for me. I'm sure there's other things to pray for. But you understand that God wants to hear your prayer. There's never a busy signal when you try to get a hold of Jesus. There's never press one for English or press two for Spanish. There's no leave a message at the end of the beep. Jesus is always available. There's never a time where Jesus says, hold on, let me finish this up. There's never a time where you get a hold of Jesus that Jesus said, I'm taking care of something. Can I call you back? Jesus is always available. Someone gave this illustration to my wife and she gave it to me. That it's almost like when you come to Jesus, in the midst of Imagine a big castle and a lot of things going around in the kingdom. Lots of things that need to be taken care of. And you, a lowly peasant, goes up to the king and says, King, I need to speak to you. And as busy as the king may be, Jesus sits down, brings you close. And it's as if you are the only thing that matters at that time. That's how well Jesus listens to you. And how well he cares for you. In the midst of all the noise. In the midst of all the things that need to be taken care of. Jesus wants to hear from you. The rest of the crowd may be big. A lot of people may be trying to get Jesus' attention. But he's never too busy not to talk to you. Never too busy not to talk to you. Isn't that a wonderful thought? That you can go to him even if other people are going to him. You can still go to him. You don't have to wait in line. You don't have to take a number. You don't have to get a call back later on. He's ready to talk to you. What a great thought that is. What a wonderful thought. Even when other people are telling you to be quiet. Even when in the midst of it they're saying, why are you bothering him? It's never a bother to him. Aren't you glad for that? It is never a bother to talk to Jesus. It is never a pain. Now, we all have our human vices. We all have our uh, the people that call us and that we could set the phone down and go do something, come back and say, uh-huh, set it back down and go do something and come back and they never even knew you were gone. We know that. We know that there's sometimes you got the people that you talk and you can play solitaire and uh-huh, uh-huh. But you always have Jesus' full attention when you go to him. He is never too busy. He's never too distracted. He wants to hear from you. What a great high priest. 
More than that, he wants to hear what's important to you. He wants to hear your request. He wants you to state clearly what you want from him. And you could give a request, even if it's impossible. Here's blind Bartimaeus, who went to God and said, I want to be able to see. He could have asked his friends that, and they couldn't have done anything. He could have asked his parents that, and they couldn't have done anything. He could have asked his kids that, and they couldn't have answered that. He could have went to the medical doctors, and they couldn't have fixed it. He could have went to the governor, and they couldn't have fixed it. But he went to Jesus and asked him an impossible prayer. With God, all things are possible. You know another reason why sometimes people say they don't pray, or don't pray is they think that their prayer request is too big. It's too impossible. I know it's important and something that I would like to see. But why would I bother God with something that's so impossible? Because we have a God who is impossible. A God who is able to take care of the impossible. You just need to ask. You have not because you ask not. We have a great God who wants to hear from you. He's never too busy to hear from you. And he's willing to hear those impossible prayers. He wants to hear them. And he's not going to laugh at you. I know we all have those impossible prayers that if we told someone else, we'd afraid what they would respond to us. They might snicker at us or roll their eyes or pat us on the head and say, good boy. But he'll never belittle your prayer. Even if it is impossible, you could go to him and ask him for impossible things and he will listen to you. What a wonderful God. I want to take you to the book of Hebrews, if you wouldn't mind. And I'd like to show you a promise that goes along with this. In the book of Hebrews chapter number 4. The book of Hebrews in chapter number 4. The book of Hebrews is taking the commentary of the Old Testament and filtering it through the light of Jesus Christ. Showing that Jesus Christ is bigger and better than any Old Testament institution. Better than any Old Testament foreshadow. Better than any Old Testament thing or person. That Jesus is better. That Jesus is greater. Jesus is who we run to. And in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, it's taking time to teach us about our great high priest. Remember, I love the studies of the names of God. And this is a special one here that he's not just a priest. He's not just a high priest. He is our great high priest. What is a priest? He is someone who goes to God on our behalf. He represents us before God. And the Bible says, because of this, because of him being our great high priest, because he sees what we go through, because he understands what we've done, notice in verse 16, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, let us therefore, so because of all the information we just told you, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. The Bible says that we can go to the throne of grace boldly. Now, it doesn't say rudely, but it does say boldly. What does this carry the idea? That we can go in anytime we want. 
This means that he's already given us permission to come and talk to him at any time. That means that if you're in an emergency, you can say, God, help me. Have mercy on me. And you can get a hold of him. The Bible talks about that you could go anytime boldly. You already have permission. But notice this. Let us come, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. This is exactly what blind Bartimaeus was saying. Let me have mercy. You know what mercy is? It's getting what we don't deserve. Or it's carrying the idea of not getting what we do deserve. I need mercy. I know that I'm not worthy. I know that I'm deserving of punishment. But I need mercy. Mercy, Lord, mercy. When I know that I'm under the condemnation and the punishment. I know that I messed up. I can say, mercy, mercy. I can go to God at any time. Now, so another reason why some people don't go to the Lord. One reason I said before is because they feel like their prayers don't matter. Too many people are praying. God's too busy. My prayers aren't that important. Another reason why some people have an objection. <laughs> Here, another reason why people don't go is because they feel like they're too much of a sinner. You know, I've messed up so badly and I've horribly messed up. Why would God answer my prayer? You want to know why? Because God is a merciful God. He is a greatly merciful God. That you can go to him even if you don't feel like you're worthy. You could go to him even when you know that you messed up. You can say, mercy, God. Mercy. If you go to him and say, God, I messed up and I need your mercy. Please help me. He won't close the door on you. He won't send you out. He won't set an appointment. He'll be glad to hear you. Have mercy. Notice the other thing. Not only that we may find, obtain mercy, obtain it, but also to find grace to help in time of need. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. It's getting what we don't deserve. And God could provide grace. Notice when? In the time of need. Blind Bartimaeus was in a time of need. Mercy, Lord, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, come here. Let's get that handled. Come here. Let's get that fixed. When you're at a place where you need God, you can go to God. At the time that you need his help, you can go to him. Your prayers do matter. It doesn't matter if millions of people are praying. You're important to God. He will hear you. It doesn't matter how bad you've messed up. You can go to him and get asked for his mercy. When you're in the time of need, it doesn't matter how short notice it is. You could go to him. When you're at a place where you feel like I just need help, you can go to him boldly. You don't have to put it off. I've heard some people say, oh, I'll talk to God later about it. Why? You could talk to him now. He's waiting to hear from you. He's willing to help you for anything and everything. Whether it's small things or big things. You could ask for his help. That's what we're trying to get across today. That's the emphasis here. Is that it doesn't matter 
what all's going on. God's not too distracted to talk to you. It doesn't matter how big your thing is. God is willing to hear you out. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. God is willing for you to come to him. What a great God that we have. What is it that you know that you needed to talk to God about and you haven't done it? You know, we take it for granted that we could go to him. So we don't. We don't go to him for the small things. We don't go to him for the mundane things. And because of that, we don't go to him for the big things. We don't put our dependence on God. When you can, you can ask him for anything. You say anything? Yes. My wife has had the habit of all these years of asking for a close parking space at Walmart. And God does it. You say God cares about parking spots? He cares for you. Amen. My wife has a habit of praying for cells. So that our money and our cells line up at the same time. And it's amazing to see how God does it. You say God cares for cells? He cares for you. God is willing to do the small things. You know that God's even willing to help you on test. Now, I don't believe that God will give you divine intervention if you didn't study. But he could sure give you grace if you did study and help calm your mind. Do you know that God can help you with your time? You look at all the things that need to be done and you're looking at them. God can make it so it's this way and get them knocked out one by one. You need energy? I'm just dragging today. God is better than a cup of coffee. Just ask him. God, help me. I need mercy. You look at all the things and you say, I don't know how to get it done. Ask for God. Ask for God. You lost your goldfish. You lost your wallet, your keys. God, where are they at? Ask God for them. Ask him for all of these things. It's amazing to see what God can do. If you could forgive the personal illustration. I don't know if I've done this one in a while. It's amazing to see what God could do. I had a girl who wanted a cat really bad. Prayed for a cat and prayed for a cat and prayed for a cat. And we were at a position we couldn't get a cat because where we lived at. Uh, just because we were trying to be good stewards of where we're at. So... I had a drunkard come to me and said, hey, I want to give your daughter a cat. We're like, no, it's not the best idea. Well, I've already given it to her. And she comes up and says, look, God answered my prayer. I got a cat. Well, guess what we got? Because of her prayer, God worked. I had another child who kept looking at all those carnivals that'd be in the mall parking lot. And every time we would see one, it was always at a bad time where we didn't have money or we didn't have the time. And so she prayed and said, God, I want you to make it so we can make it to one of those carnivals. So we had church property with 10 acres of land. And we had a guy who said, I run a carnival and I'm tired of paying the prices over at the state fairgrounds. Can we use your parking lot? Okay, sure. Can we use your field? No problem. So we arranged it. Several months later, they showed up and they spent several thousand dollars in advertisements on the radio and whatnot. And nobody came. And so for three days, my kids got up from school 
and rode the rides all by themselves and they did it for free because there was no one else there and had it put in the parking lot just because the little girl prayed. It's amazing to see what God will do. It's amazing to see. Just to go up to him. God will receive you. Even a little child goes up and says, can I talk to you, Jesus? He says, I'm glad to. What do you want? And give them your request. It may be the most impossible thing. But with God, all things are possible. And we can go to him boldly. We have his permission to go up to him. And he's never too busy. We could talk to him. You know, if we believe prayer would work, we would do it more. Why don't we do it? Because for some reason we get in our head that Jesus is too busy. Prayer's too big. My prayer's too small. He's got other things to do. And we come up with all these excuses of why we don't pray. And sometimes we just don't even think to pray. And we spend all day frustrated because we can't find our keys. We could have just asked God and got it over with. And God could have took care of it. We spend all day looking at all these things that I'm supposed to do and we're so worried about all these things we're supposed to do that I end up doing nothing. You've been there too. And you could have just prayed. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What is it that you know that you should be praying for? What is it that as we've been going through here, it may be big or it may be small. It may be the thing where you said, I didn't want to bother God about it. What is it that's on your mind right now? In just a moment, we're going to give an invitation and we're going to invite you to pray. You take whatever request that is. It may be silly if you told it to someone else. It may be impossible if you told someone else. But God still wants to hear from you. And you have not because you ask not. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus. And I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ is your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.